Alex, we're here. We're back. Again. Episode three. Episode three. Episode three. Yeah. Uh, we're in the first week of August. And surprisingly, the last few weeks, a lot has happened. Yeah. We have a whole list of things that we have to go over. From backup goalies complaining about not getting a chance to a GM being fired, one being hired, and, and, and another backup goalie buying a book. Uh, that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. Only a few weeks away from training camp. The season's starting back up again. We've been blessed with a bunch of news. So I'm quite excited. I know, right? I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty bored without hockey. I know, right? It's. I, do, yeah, like, I what, always what I feel that I get, during the season, I'm like, all right, this is happening, this is happening, I know what's going on. And you get free agency, and it's like, oh, everyone's traded places, I don't know where anyone is. And I just feel like I forget about hockey more and more. I'm like, who's this guy? Where's this guy? How's this team going to do? I forget some teams exist. But we're almost at the start of the season. God bless them. Uh, so first, how about we talk about <laughs> Garrett Sparks? Oh, my God. Okay. So... This is from Josh Wegman, again from The Source. We all love The Source here. Uh, Garrett Sparks seeking a, quote, fair opportunity to make Golden Knights out of camp. Right. Uh, what was the trade? It was Garrett Sparks for David Clarkson and a fourth. Exactly. So, Garrett Essentially a fourth-round pick. Basically. But the real story there is, of course, David Clarkson, the LTIR kind of situation for Toronto. Yeah. And... Vegas basically getting a third goalie because I don't see him taking Malcolm Subban's spot. But he's going to play in the NH. He's going to play in the AHL next year. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> I think the real story here isn't the trade. First of all, Garrett Sparks complaining about. Well, first let's get to the goal here. Um, this is again from Josh Wegman says the 26-year-old is also ready for what he deemed as a better shot at sticking in the NHL. Quote. All I've wanted is a fair opportunity come training camp to try and make the team, and I think that I'll get a better opportunity with Vegas than I would have in Toronto. Sparks told Myers, at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for as a player. Now, Alex, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but as an outsider looking at it, I thought Toronto gave him all the shots that he could ask for. So there's two sides to this. After reading hockey Twitter, or Leafs Twitter specifically for like days, I realized there's there's two perspectives, and I and I see where he's coming from, and I see where Leaf fans are coming from. Leaf fans are looking at is at it as the Leafs gave up two goalies, in especially looking at McElhaney, right? McElhaney's older. No one. Ex I, I'm sorry, but did you expect McElhaney to have the season he did with the Hurricanes at the beginning of the season on October first? Yes. Come on. Everyone go look at his. Was... Go look at his numbers. Tell me he was going to produce the same. Based on what he did with Toronto, you could expect he was going to be a good goalie. Goalies are weird, man. I do not think he would have been pulled, put those numbers up with the Leafs. Even though he did that in the seasons before, though he stopped. He did. He's getting job. older. Yes, but oh, he's getting older. As a backup, his job is to stop pucks, and when he was a Toronto Maple Leaf and as a Carolina Hurricane, Curtis McElhinney stopped pucks, and right. it's the exact opposite of what Garrett Sparks did. Right, right, okay. So what's this crap about a fair opportunity? Okay, I'm gonna explain to you. I'm gonna explain it to you. I'm gonna explain it to you. 
the reason he this you know who this quote was directed at probably mike babcock mike babcock this quote was not directed at kyle dubas oh well, kyle dubas is the guy who shipped out so sorry who sent who lost curtis magley and calvin pickard right nothing. I mean, forget about fair opportunity. If you want an opportunity, stop the damn puck, do your job. Oh, he wasn't doing it. I agree His with you. I agree game, with you. When he started against the Blackhawks, that famous game when I Patrick remember. Kane went back I... and forth with Austin Matthews at the Hulk Hogan, do you hear it, brother, celebration. Yeah. Garrett Sparks didn't earn the opportunity, first of all. Curtis McElhinney had that job, stopped puck, says a leap. I get Garrett Sparks was an AHL champion. A goalie of the year. Look at the yes. team in front of him, and he's not the classic nowadays butterfly style goaltender. No. He's a 70s fish in the net. I agree with you now, right? I'm at the point where I agree. At the beginning of the season, with the team that, that the Leafs were built as, I'm giving the chance to the younger player. This is how the team was built, right? From a developmental point of view, yes. it was the right move to keep that. That's Sorry. what I said, you're right, to keep Garrett Sparks. Yes, and to give him that chance. And we gave him that chance. Did he he did not show me anything. From the first game of the season it was clear that he wasn't ready. Right, I agree with you. I'm talking now I'm telling you I agree. I know that Garrett Sparks is not a good NHL goalie. But at the beginning of the season, October first, I I thought it was the better move to keep Garrett Sparks, but I I'm telling you right now, he was given the opportunity. I think anything he says is a bunch of BS. We may not agree on whether it was best to start with McElhaney or with Sparks, but we can both agree that he had the chance, and Garrett Sparks let it fall through his fingers. Yes, and you and you know what, and I just kind of brought this up earlier. This quote was definitely directed at Mike Babcock. And we both know he's extremely stubborn. Since right? his days in Detroit, actually, was once he left, it's there was always that thing about Babcock. He had, I think it was Valtteri Fiopila, had something bad to say about him. And it was only when it was rumored that Detroit was going to send him to Toronto that everything started to come out that he may not be the best guy to play for, or the players don't like playing for him. Of course, Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk back in the day never said anything. Right, but yeah, it, I imagine that Garrett Sparks isn't the only former Leaf who has something bad to say about Mike Babcock. I'm sure there's some guys in that organization right now who don't have a lot of nice things wait, to wait. say. Austin Matthews might be one of those people playing 18, 19 minutes a game. 18, game seven. 18 minutes and forty eight seconds. Ridiculous. Um, there's also the LTIR point of this, but again, again, that kind of connects to Marner, and I don't think we want to go into no, that. No, no, we already did that. Mitch Marner's been talked about to death in the end. I still don't so. understand LTIR. I'm so confused. I'm, I think I have it, but I don't even know. Yes, but let's not confuse anyone. It's, no. It's just shenanigans. Uh, but ignoring people that need to sign, let's talk about someone who did sign. RFA Kevin LeBanc. Jeez. Oh <laughs> Resigns of the San Jose Sharks for a million dollars per a show me deal for Kevin LeBanc. It's <laughs> he's <laughs> the San Jose Sharks are a very interesting team. Oh, interesting, yes, yes, yes. Now Doug Wilson as a GM is I'd say he is the example of a double edged sword. 
he gets these players, he makes the blockbuster moves of Andrew Kane and Eric Carlson, and he gets them to stay. But then he goes to a Martin Jones or Mark Edouard Vlasic and gives them these giant eight-year deals. And <coughs> it's those deals that seem to be handcuffing the Sharks, but Kevin LeBanc taking a million dollars, a 17-goal guy, and a player that a lot of people can see maybe hitting 30 goals with that shot. He's one of those orange puck guys. This is just not fair. No, I and and I think I don't remember where I heard this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a deal already in place for next for after next season. I don't remember off the top of my head when the when the deadline is when you can start when you can start officially negotiating a contract if you signed a one-year deal. Uh but there's definitely something in place. I think it was just a matter of to see what their cap situation would look like this year after they lost Pavelski and uh, Don Scorey and Thornton potentially if he signs. I don't know. Oh, he probably will. He's Joe Thornton's not in any rush. And uh, good old Patrick Marlowe. Oh yeah, he still hasn't signed, has he? Yeah, he Ooh. still hasn't signed. Well, but he will. Let's be honest. Yeah. They're probably the two of them are hanging out right now, probably. Probably by the beach, telling stories. Well, I'm looking at their, looking at their cat friendly page next after next year. Mel- Melker Carlson comes off the books. That's two million. Brendan Dillon comes off the books. That's three point two million. That's pretty much the only contracts that are over one million. Aaron Dell one point nine. Aaron and then Aaron Dell. That's now, pretty much it. And then the Paul Martin buyout, that, that's going to be over. So that's 1.4. Plus, you never know what the Sharks, a guy like Ryan Merkley could start playing right this year, next year. So they're a team that know how to draft well, and they've been doing it for... I just still can't understand how it was possible that Kevin LeBanc signed for one year, one million. Uh, there's two reasons for that, probably. A? It's San Jose. That's that's their only reason. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't want to live in California, right? He's got... You got... Everything you hear out of that organization is that it's a great place to play, obviously, as in they've got a great locker room. Evander Kane was a guy that always seemed to have some sort of stigma following him, but since he's gone to San Jose, you don't hear anything about it. Uh, you know how many times Kevin Hayes eclipsed 40 points or uh, no eclipsed 50 points i'm gonna say twice zero really zero and he just got how much uh, i believe it was seven million was it yep meanwhile kevin bank eclipsed 50 points this year in his third nhl season well 56 and got one million i can't imagine if he next year he he has to get over 60 We'll see. He has. To, I can't see him not getting over sixty points with this team. Well, Kevin LeBanc is he's twenty three, so he's got those few more years to develop. So I don't. I don't know. Oh my um, god, it's ridiculous. But you know what? Understand. It's also a deal where he's gonna. It's a one year, so it's it's him trying to prove a point. This is going to be a show-me test for him just as much as it's going to be a team-friendly deal, right? Like, if he goes out and he scores 20, 30 goals this year, he's making the bank. 
I get it. He's making the bank. He's making the bank anyways. God bless him. Um, all right, so let's talk about another team that I think, I think I said in the first episode, or the second, my champions of the offseason before this deal were the New Jersey Devils. Yes. And then they go out and they acquire Nikita Gusev. Now, there's two different scenarios when you get a player like the KHL. There could be a Nikita Zaitsev and mm. Igor Zaganov. But then you have Alex Radulov. Of course. Artemi now, Panarin. Artemi Panarin. Oh, boy. And everything I have read and I have looked at is that Nikita Gusev might be a Radulov as opposed to a Zaitsev. Well, this can be yeah. something really good for the Devils and is going to be able to help <coughs> them try and get Taylor Hall back under contract. Yes. I'm not, I'm not complaining about this. I'm looking at his well. I'm looking at his numbers, like even his KHL numbers. I mean, like I, I get get it. They don't mean much because the NHL and the KHL are not the same. Smaller ice in the NHL, more right. room to play in the KHL. Right. I mean, he was over a point. He's been over a point for per game one, two, three, four. The last four years. Now, did, does he play for Moscow or does he play for... He plays for St. Petersburg. Ah, there it is. Now, of course, for those of you who don't know, dear listeners, the KHL is a bit of a fraud. Now, <laughs> there are two teams. You have Moscow and then you have St. Petersburg. They are the bankroll. They're the super team. It's basically rigged in the KHL that those teams do well. The big guys like your Radulovs, your Zaitsev, Ojiganovs, uh, the guy Vegas signed last year. Those guys play for those big teams. So whenever you got to look at the numbers of KHL players, you have to be look at it in a different lens because it's different. But then again, Alex Radulov was one of those players on those super teams and came to the NHL again, and he's been fantastic. So... Right. I think it's a safe bet. It's only a two-year deal. And it's four and a half. Like, that's per... not terrible. No. I don't know. He's 27, so it's his prime. Basic, like, he's in the middle of his prime. So, I, I that's not worrying. Also, what I'm worried about is, is will he do do it again? Will he do what he did in the KHL here? I'm not saying he's not saying he's gonna put up point per game numbers. That's just not gonna happen. He scores twenty goals. You're laughing. Oh yeah. He scores twenty goals. If I'm the New Jersey Devil, if he scores ten goals, I'm laughing. Did you see what he gave up for them? For uh, it was a second round pick. And a third, second and a third. Uh, second round picks, man. It was a second, a second and round a third. pick. Jay Weber, PK Subban, Duncan Keith. Yeah, but that means teams have to scout properly. Alex DeBrincat. Teams have to scout properly. Okay. Yes. You're betting on a lot. I'm just You're betting saying, on a lot here. I want more than ten goals if I'm getting. I know. I have obviously, but. Also, if you look at the Devils, the longest-term contract on that team is Damon Severson at four million. Sorry, four point one million for yeah. four years. That's a. They've got it right over there. Since Lula Morello left, Ray Shiro's done a really good job over there. Isn't it funny? 
Again, again it's the moment Lou left. And they just finally cleaned up what he did uh, to Toronto. And the Islanders are just starting. Oh, fun times. Well, I love to talk about Ray Shiro. He's a fantastic GM. Yes. Doug Wilson, a fantastic GM. Now, I want to talk about a gentleman who, when he first left Nashville to be the general manager in Minnesota Wild, I don't know if you remember this, but there were a lot of high praises about Paul Fenton. No, I don't remember this. Remind me. Now, as you know, the longest tenured GM in the league is Lou Lamorello. Second to that and longest tenured on a single team is David Poyle. Right. And Paul Fenton was Poyle's right-hand man in Nashville. So when he left, it was it there was a thought that this is the next big guy. It's like Arzuman leaving Holland's side. This guy's going to be great for Minnesota. He's going to have the keys. He's going to fix everything. And then it's just been terrible. He's only been there for he was there, sorry, for only 14 months. And as of I think it was Thursday, Friday, the Athletic broke that he was fired from the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Now, for those of you that are not subscribed to The Athletic, I urge you to do it. It's only, I think, 4 or $5 a month. So, and I've never, I've just subscribed to it myself today, and already I am just loving it. So, this is from Michael Russo. Uh, more, one of the better-known writers The Athletic, I'd say, up there with your, your Craig Custins and all that, right? Yes. And he has this fantastic article called The Downfall of Paul Fenton Inside the GM's Turbulent 14 Months in the Wild Organization. And he attributes that there's three, I'd say, big reasons why Paul Fenton was fired. A failing to build trusting relationships both internally with his staff and externally with his NHL counterparts, agents, and the media. Two, his expended Sorry, he expended an incredible amount of time and energy trying to patch up what he perceives as leaks, accusing staff of having loose lips and routinely threatening jobs. And finally, even though there's an understandable learning curve for every first-year GM, it was alarming how many front office experience... Sorry, it was alarming how much somebody with so much front office experience had had trouble in grasping key aspects of the job. And a big problem with that was the CBA. Now, if you remember, a couple of years ago, Dave Talon, sorry, Dave Talon, the GM of the Florida Panthers? Yeah. Forgot to off, I think it was he forgot to tender all of his RFAs. Oh, fun. But Mr. Fenton has had, uh, <laughs> he's had some fun. So, as you no, know. Not Dave, was, Dale, Dale. Dale Talon, You're thinking sorry. of Dale. Craig Leopold is a bit of a patient man in Minnesota. Now, he's on two teams. He had Nashville, yeah. and then he, hot, he bought the Minnesota Wild. So, in his time, he's only ever hired three GMs okay. in 22 years. David Poyle, who, as I mentioned, is the longest-serving GM of a single team. Chuck Fletcher, who was only fired last year. And his third was Paul Fenton. All right. So, one of the first problems we seem to have here, stop me if you heard this before, is Fenton had little time for analytics. Oh my god. Such an old way of thinking. Oh. Now, 
why is that a concern? I, I can explain. I can explain it to you. It's quite. It's quite an obvious answer. It's just the way the league is moving. Now, yes, okay, on ice, uh, the eye test, as they call it, is important, right? There's GMs or their scouting departments are using analytics and the eye test. Most of them, or the ones who are actually using analytics, also do the eye test because it's just how it works. It's just how scouting works. Exactly. I'm not going to look at a num- at all the numbers and make my basis off of that. Because that doesn't make sense. Because sometimes the numbers don't tell you everything. Sometimes he'll have mid-level numbers, but look great on the ice. So, if you're solely focused on the eye test, which it seems like what you're telling me, right? That's what you're saying? Yes. You're going to end up with a lot of Rasmus Ristolainen's, where for years... Right, the last couple of years, everyone who was using the eye test said Rasmus Ristolainen was good. Everyone who was using analytics says has been saying Rasmus Ristolainen is not as good as everyone thinks he is. Jack Johnson, another case of that. Jack Johnson, another case. So, like, do you want Rasmus Ristolainen, or do you want other players who are better than Rasmus Ristolainen? Analytics will get you those better players most of the time. Now, to give you an example of how little he actually cared about the analytics is uh, they had two staff members who, um, actually, if you remember, um, the site War on Ice. Mm-hmm. It was one of the OG analytics sites. Um, Andrew Thomas and Alex Mandricki. They were front office staff members of the Minnesota Wild. And right before the trade deadline, the front office of the Minnesota Wild actually had a retreat in Florida. Now, Mandricki and Thomas weren't even invited to it. And now both of those guys, sorry, Mandricki, female, won't get that right, and Thomas have now left the organization. One of them was not given a contract. The other one was offered to talk to other teams because they were still under a contract. Now... If I can ask you, one of the what are some of the worst trades of the past year? Do you? The past year. I have a hint for you. Uh, I have a good, very good idea. It was between the Carolina Hurricanes, Victor Rask, and Nino Niederreiter. Nino Niederreiter was point per game in his time with the Carolina Hurricanes. Last year, he had a twenty goal campaign. And apparently, everyone in the Minnesota Wild organization blew a gasket when this happened. For Victor Rask, who apparently, they never scouted once leading up to the trade. It's ridiculous. And Nino Niederreiter. It's ridiculous. They go deal in the Carolina. Of course, he was injured in his time in Minnesota. But, oh, what do you know? A player is healthy, and he goes back to 20 goal scoring. It's it's just it's such an old fashioned way of thinking. Uh, I don't even like I don't even know what to say. Like it seems so obvious. Like this isn't how the league is run anymore. Look at what's happening in Edmonton. Well, thank that's you that's happened. that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Edmonton, how has Edmonton been run for the last 
so many years for for forever we need big hockey men they throw big body we tough yeah that's it it's been full of people who are around in the 80s <coughs> now it, if you want to get another example of what paul fed was doing sir i'm going to go along here because there's a lot to cover go ahead he hired his son P.J. Fetton and immediately elevated him to run their scouting department. Now, nothing screams we're doing well than nepotism. And it was so bad that on draft day, Craig Leopold, Minnesota Wild owner, made sure that P.J. Fetton, Paul's son, was sitting in a different spot on the table as to not give him the idea he was running the whole thing. Now, in an organization, you have certain people who you have to give respect to. Like in the Leafs, there's Cliff Fletcher, I believe is his name? I Yes. He's been there since like before the horror check days. And that. Don't remind me. Don't remind me of those oh, days. Anyway. And it seems to be that Paul Fetton has seemed to have pissed off every single member of that organization. He didn't consult them about the Victor Rast deal. He didn't consult them and just put his son at the top of their scouting department. By the way, their draft this year was highly scrutinized. <laughs> now, yeah, but but listen, I'm I'm looking at the trades, even past the Nina Ryder trade, and there's two trades that really like stand out. Okay, there were two trades that really stood out to me. Are you going to talk about Kevin Fiala? Yeah, that's the first or, one. All right, let me hold on a minute. So, it seems to be whenever you have a GM like Fetton, who originally was with an organization that goes to a new one, probably has in mind, I want this kind of player on my team, I want this guy. And they think of players from their old organizations. It's like when a coach from the AHL gets moved up. To the main squad, right? Like he wants his players with him. That's what Robin gonna see in Anaheim with Dallas Aikens, right? Yeah. And Kevin Fiala was that kind of player that Fenton kind of wanted. So, apparently, months leading up to the deadline, this is all from Mike Russo's uh, article here. So full credit to him. Reports were saying that David Poyle was leading on Paul Fenton for months on this trade. And the entirety of Fenton's staff in Minnesota <coughs> had to convince him not to give up any more picks or prospects because apparently he was about to. Ah, oh, Paul Fenton. That's all I'm going to say. Paul Fenton. Now, I have a question. Of course. Both players on the last year, or currently, this season will be the last year of their contract. Oh, no. What am I saying? Kevin Fiala's... Kevin Fiala's deal is up. My bad. Okay. So At he's an RFA. No, or? he's an RFA right now. Really? Yeah. Grandland. Must have a few years left on this deal because he just signed it. He has years. no. This next year is his last year. Oh. So, do you think? Because he, he if he was going to give up picks and prospects, do you think that? Grandland, he gave up Grandland because mm-hmm. he thought Grandland would not resign in Minnesota. I mean, would you? You gotta you think. Know what? A lot of those, I don't know. A lot of those wild guys have been together for a while. Yeah. 
And Jason Zuger, who we're going to get to in a second, has been, I said the last episode, been treated like a dog toy there. Yeah. Now, speaking of, well, let's get to Zuger now. Earlier I mentioned that one of the big problems was Fenton wanted to stop the quote-unquote leaks of rumors getting out. You can't do that. Now, here are some examples. These were the four major incidents that Russo talks about. One. It was stated at last year's draft when The Athletic reported that Paul Fenton had been talking to the Coyotes about Christian Dvorak and Max Domi for Jason Zucker. Neither Ryder and Tyler Ennis, Fenton was incensed and, by his own admission, assembled his staff to warn him about leaking information. Two. After uh, Matt Dumba's spectacular... Question. What? Was, th- was Paul Fenton also the one who called uh, Vancouver... About Jason Zucker? It's not listed here. But you remember hearing this, right? I don't, no. I swear I heard this somewhere. What was the rumor? That, uh, Paul Fenton called a bunch of teams about Jason Zucker. And I think I heard it was on uh, on SDP, on the Steve Dangle podcast. And I swear I heard someone say Jason Zucker... For me, I think Jason Zucker plus for Brock Besser, and I was crying. I'm gonna have to try find it. You keep going. <laughs> I'm gonna try find it. Well, anyway, so the second incident after Matt Dumber's pectoral muscle and Mika Koivu sprained MCL and strained hamstring, uh, of course, they were hurt back in December. Fetton was livid the specificities of the injuries got out. A week after Fetton thought he had nipped this in the bud. The St. Paul Pioneer Press reported that Koivu was wearing a knee brace. Fenton was again upset and held a team meeting where he told players they were not to talk about injuries and they needed to start taking gear off away from reporters if they were wearing protective gear. A hurt player. You need to be able to skate at a fast pace <coughs> in this game. And that gear, it is called protective gear for a reason. Right. And he doesn't want them wearing it? Are you kidding me? <sighs> but anyway. Hey. Now listen to this. What can I say? Yeah, it's just, what can I say? His concern was valid and had player safety in mind. I mean, mm-hmm. a player trying to play through a publicly known injury could be targeted on the ice. But it got to the point, well, maybe if they're hurt, don't play them, idiot. Oh. But it got to the point Jeez. that players were perturbed. He was addressing the team about such minor stuff in the midst of a skin in the schedule. Now, so I have the all the all the potential trades. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this it's from uh, it's from Ru- uh, Michael Russo again. He's been uh, feeding us all this. He's good, eh? Yeah. So these are all what like basically just Jason Zucker. It's Jason Zucker for whoever. So he was shot to Calgary for Frolake and Bennett. Oh, that's a that's a crappy return, isn't it? Uh, he was. It's not bad. Uh, Bennett's a third liner, and Mo- Mikhail Frolik is a problem agent, and he's getting older by the day. But anyway, continue. He was shopped to Pittsburgh for Kessel. Which would have been fantastic, but... No, no, just for Kessel. But And then Kessel nixed it, didn't he? No, no, so this was in this was in May. Mm-hmm. The one that was nixed was um, Jack Johnson and Phil Kessel. Oh. So then... Air, he's the, he was shot to Arizona for Christian Dvorak, which was turned down. And Arizona countered with Fisher. 
Really? Arizona! I think they messed up there, actually. I'll keep it anyway. Go on. Hey, they got They're Phil They're probably Kessel. trying to mess with the value of it, but yeah, they end up getting Phil. They shopped him to Vegas for Marcia So. Hmm. Yeah, Vegas isn't touching that. And this is the best one. <laughs> he was shopped to Vancouver for Brock Besser. And then it says, Vancouver laughed and hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. On the, all right. Back to that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you know what Jim Benning's laughing at you that you have a problem. Um, so back to oh my God. back to Benton yeah. about the leaks, right? Throughout okay. the month of February, the report the athletic reported that he was pursuing the Fiala deal um, involving Granlin. He had convinced people in his front office that they were leaking sorry. So the athletic had, of course, reported that the trade was happening months in advance, right? And they had also broken the Charlie Coyle deal, which, by the way, the Minnesota lost because, if you remember, Charlie Coyle had the hell of a playoffs. Yeah, that was the second trade I was going to bring up. Yeah. And so apparently, right before the team's flight to New York, Fenton was white hot on the team plane and spent the ride trying to find out if anyone on board leaked the info, quote, going as far as the threatening jobs. Oh, cool, cool. Finally, when The Athletic reported Zach Parise would miss the final two games of the season after dealing with a broken foot in the sprint MCL and torn meniscus after being kneed by Tom Wilson. Of course. Oh, boy. Tom Wilson. Fenton was enraged. Demanded to know our sources, called Parise, and even had a conference call with Parise's agents trying to figure out who revealed the information. Oh, boy. So, this really can't get worse, but I feel like you're going to give me more information that might get me more angry. So, because I wanna don't want to go into everything about this article, yeah. um, I'm going to leave the rest of it up to the viewers to go yeah. look at because Go. riders need to get paid, and the Athletic is a great service. They have everything on your team. They've got the Habs in two different languages. They've got MLB, NFL, so it is quite think exciting. of that as a tease. There's something about him everything. going home early at the free agency and towards the end of the season going to the Super Bowl in the middle of Yes, uh, I read that. But uh, wow. We're going to leave that. But uh, And <coughs> to cap it all off, there's been two candidates in the wall I've been looking at to replace Fenton. One, Ron Hextall, smart hire. That'd be a great look at what he did with Philadelphia. God bless him. And second, uh, I I really hope I, either Shirelli. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. So from, man. from one hire to another, um, Seattle have hired their GM. Yeah. Uh, Ron Francis, thoughts? I think it's a good hire. I uh, he was. He, I mean. Listen, he was in Carolina. If you look at that team, most of that team is it's um is him. Man. What I like to say about Ron Francis, the same Ron Hextall, Chuck Fletcher in Philly, and Don Waddell in Carolina are getting credit for their predecessors' work. Right which sucks, but I I think that um because what did Don Waddell do? He traded Jeff Skinner, got lucky, won the draft lottery. And got Andrei Setsnikov. Mm-hmm. He actually made them a worse team. What's funny now? 
You may think, well, well, Nido Nido Rider, but we just brought up. That was the Wild that being was, idiots. That was the Wild's fault. So, um, but I, I think that's really good for Seattle. I'm, um, everyone's excited for them to come in. Hopefully there's not a lockout by that, but um, a good first move for them. They've all, oh, by the way, <laughs> remember how I mentioned one of the, um, one of the people who were fired from the GM, from, sorry, fired from the wild? Yeah. One of them has actually been hired by the Seattle team. Oh, so, that is smart. Look, look at what people are doing. Anything else to say about Seattle, Ron Francis? Anything? Listen, I'm I'm excited. I think it's it'll be uh, interesting to see, uh, not necessarily having 32 teams, but see how this expansion goes. Because I don't think teams are going to be as willing to protect certain players. I think they'd be more willing to say, you know what, take take this guy. We were not willing to give up because look at what look at what teams were doing, giving up first round picks, giving up prospects. Nikita Gusev was traded from the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Golden Knights for expans- expansion considerations. Was he? Yes, he was part of the deal. I didn't know that. Yeah. Of course, it was the Columbus Blue Jackets sending a first round pick and William Carlson. Before taking the David Clarkson deal, and look what Vegas ended up doing with that. And how about Florida? And, of course, the Florida Panthers gave them half their top six. And Gerard Gallant. And Gerard Gallant. Um, Enough about Trousenby. Let's talk about something fun. Now, we've, of course, said we're both fans of Steve Dangle. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Steve Dangle, you know that his probably his favorite player in the world is James Reimer. Hey, man, he was mine. Angel Robot from Winnipeg. And James Reimer's wife tweeted out a picture of James reading the book saying Optimus Rhyme supports, what was it, Dangle, Dangleby? Referencing I think so. James Reimer's Optimus Prime and Steve Dangle's Mumblebee. Oh, That's just so sweet, isn't it? It good, is. Good for him. It was quite nice to see. You see, we've always... Let's just talk My about My two this. favorite people, James Reimer and Steve Dangle. It's, it's nice to see in such a... Let's just call it a professional, stiff, straight tie industry to just see this crazy super fan get to meet like his hero. It's it's so adorable. I it love is, it. It is. It is. And James Reimer is just a great guy. Really. Yeah, he's gonna play for the Carolina Hurricanes next year. And he's gonna win the Vesna, and it's gonna be great. Backing and, up, who's he backing up? Peter Mrazek. Ah, he's gonna fall flat in his place. But anyway, is he? I think so. Oh, okay. Fine. Back okay. to making fun of teams. Yes. Um, oh, this is my favorite. So the Ottawa Senators have one job. Oh, Take to on do something contracts, right. Take on contracts, get prospects, and um, get draft picks. Now, one of the more vulnerable teams this year, this offseason, sorry, were the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had Ryan Callahan's deal sitting right there to get rid of so they could sign Braden Point. And instead... I still don't know how they're going to sign Braden Point, but okay. Oh, they'll figure it out. They, they're, they're figuring it out. They're smart. Um, yeah. The Ottawa Senators acquire Ryan Callahan's contract, because he's basically retired without saying it, in exchange for Mike Condon. And, sorry, they acquire Ryan Callahan for the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Mike Condon, former Carey Price backup, as part of the transaction, the Sens also received Tampa's fifth round pick in 2020. Yeah. And then the Sens receive, sorry, the Lightning will receive Ottawa's yeah, sixth. Six. So, 
as a result of this, the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to extend Vesna Trophy winner Andre Vasilevsky to a $9.5 million deal eight years. But wait, can we just go back to the no, 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 the no. Mike Condon no, trade? We can go back to Mike Condon. Well, he's part of the deal. Yeah, I can we go back? Yeah, when we're done. When just, we're done. And now giving the Tampa Bay Lightning, for this season at least, $11.1 million in cap space. Oh. Now, of course, Vasilevsky's contract doesn't come into effect till July 1st, but now they have the room to re-sign Braden Point without a problem. And the Sens get back a fifth-round pick in cap space. What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. How did... You've you've did, you've gotten a fourth round pick and dead cap space to give the Tampa Bay Lightning a chance to, to you know probably have another sixty win season. Okay, so let's look at you're not doing it. Listen, right. I'm lo- so I'm looking at both of their contracts right now. Base neither are neither of them have signing bonuses, and those have already been paid. They're both on last on the last year of their deals. The last time Mike Conn played an NHL game, he allowed a goal yeah. from the other end of the ice and hasn't seen the lava light of the day since. So you want to know? You something? know how much the Ottawa Senators have to pay Ryan Callahan? Oh, hold on, hold on. Forget about Ryan Callahan. I don't care. No, but it's I important. I want to talk to you about Mike Conn. Okay. Because for some reason he's here. I remember the season that the Montreal Canadiens, it was the start where they the, they hadn't lost a game for about a month, and they were in first place, and then that's the year Carey Price was out for the whole year. Yeah. Mike Condon was his backup. And then in around December, when everything started to fall apart, I remember the game. It was against the Washington Capitals, and it was late, tied 2-2. The game winner came when a cap threw it on that like it was nothing. It went right between Mike Condon's legs, and that was the start of the end. Of that season for the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Look at the start of his season this year for the Ottawa Senators. Again, let in a goal from Derek Brassard on the other end from the Sens offensive zone. That's nearly 200 feet away. <coughs> yeah. Okay, you but. Get rid of that pile of crap. Dead cast face of Ryan Callahan just to save a few million dollars while still not even hitting the cap floor. What are you doing? You do, you're not doing it right. You get a fourth-round pick, and then you give up another pick? You gave them the ability yeah. to re-sign a 40-goal scorer no. and got nothing Did in they return. Not hit, I'm pretty sure they hit the calf floor. What's the calf floor? I think it's around 58 something. Yeah, yeah. They're million? at 65. Oh, great. Hello. I don't have to spend more than $16 million. Yeah, Look but at me. Listen, I'm Union Melnick. Yeah, I, and that's exactly Cheapest how they're running. The, the that's world. how they're running the team. But Alex. And it made sense. I'm telling you, Brian. You couldn't Cass- squeeze a third round pick out of Tampa from this? This I don't is an think embarrassment. They, I don't think he, Eugene Melnick cares. But Pierre Dorian should. I don't think he cares either. Then why are you running a hockey club? I don't know. I don't think anyone cares in that city. It's just No, I don't think Listen, I'm uh, let me let me go through this. You had a trade just like this last year. The Montreal Canadiens take on the contract of Steve Mason, yep. get a fourth and a great death player in Joel Armia. Yeah. The Leafs did it with the David Clarkson deal. They did it with the Nathan Horton deal. The Coyotes have been doing it with every pile of crap that's come out of Chicago for the past five years. 
How can you mess it up this badly? Because like everyone else around you is showing you how to do it. Because they don't care. It's as simple as that. I'm getting, look at this. They they have to pay 4.7, right? Base salary. But he's injured. So now insurance pays, what, 80%? Now they're stuck paying 20% of 4.7 million, which is like 800. comes up to something like 800,000. Instead of paying Mike Condon, what? Two point or three million. That's how much he makes. In base salary this year in cash. Who gave? Not AAV. AAV is two point four. But his base salary is three million this year. Would do you think Eugene Melnick would like to play Mike Condon three million, or Ryan Callahan like eight hundred thousand? It's it's very funny. That as you're saying this, I'm now looking at this and realizing the Sens saw this more of a way to save money. Exactly. Than to get assets out of a team who is cap, who is cap space strapped. Listen, like look at the last trade that they made. Who? What was the last trade the Ottawa Senators made? Would it have been... Would it have been the Stone deal? No. Zach Smith for oh. Artem Anisimov. That was also... a. Um, a move to save money. A move to save money. And I think it, I think when I did the math, it came out to like a million or a million and a half to sit in cat in actual salary paid. It's the league need to do something now. In what? In changing the, the structure? Sense, I don't care what it is. Get Melnick out of there. The Clippers they, did it with, with yeah, Donald but, Sterling years yeah, ago. Yeah, but he said something. There are different. I know, but this Eugene Melnick has never league. said anything. You're letting a Canadian team waste away. They've done nothing since Danny Heatley left. Danny Heatley hasn't done anything since 2007. He's in Europe now. That was the last time they were relevant. Jason Spezza was good. Well, I I don't know. Well, I don't know what I'm how to respond to this because you're making all great points. And, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to re-sign Braden Point on the cheap, and now Ra- Andre Vasilevsky. Hey, listen, I don't think they're signing anyone on the cheap. I th- why why do you think it's taken this long to sign Braden Point? It's August fourth. He could have signed months ago, two you months ago. You got a ago. discount on Vasilevsky. You did. He could have asked for ten at least. When you have um, Sergei Bobrovsky, yeah, across the street getting ten, Carey yeah. Price up north making. But 10 you're not making more than 10, 10 and a half was what Carey Price makes ten and a half. Yes. Ten and a half was not coming his way. Right? Andre Vasilevsky could demand. He could. He get could it. demand it. But that doesn't it. mean he's going to get it. But what I'm saying is, he, is, is Andre Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky better than Carey Price? I, I will never sit here and say that any goalie is better. Okay, than as Carey a Price. hockey fan, as a hockey fan, no, is Andre not. okay? And it's not like when did right? Like, are you saying that Andre Vasilevsky? I'm not. Is that's why I'm saying he's not making. No, I'm. That's why I'm, I'm saying he's not making more than ten and a half. Okay, sure. He took a discount by how much? Five hundred thousand. Every okay. Okay. So let's say he made ten million. Braden Point is going to make what? See, I, we could sit w- here and argue about that. But, but what's Bra- Okay, theoretically, what what is Braden Point going to make? Did you think Kevin LeBanc was going to make less than three million dollars this year? No, no, no. But but he Braden Point is not going to sign a, a one year. Two million dollar contract. He's not going to sign for more than ten million. I guarantee. You. Okay, so what do you think he's going to sign for? 
I'm going at l- I'm going nine point five as well. Steven okay, Stamkos so took ni- a haircut. Right, Steven Stamkos took a haircut. Okay, so let's say nine point five. Now next year, they're still going to be over the cap. So I said this before: they're losing either Andre Pilat, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, or Alex Kalorn. One of those players are gone. Pick a, Is it that much of a problem to lose Alex Kalorn if you're getting Brayden? No, it's it's not. But he has a no trade clause. No trade clause on all four of those players. So who who's who's leaving? You get rid of Alex Korn. If he, he wa- okay, guy. but he has a no trade clause. What if he doesn't want to leave? Well, you say I don't care. That's I'm, that's not how the league works. You figure it out. You're listen. The Tampa Bay Lightning have been one of the best ran organizations for the past few years. Even with Steve Eisman gone, I'm confident they're going to get it done. They're not the Sens. They're not the Oilers. They're not the Minnesota I'm, Wild. No, I get that, but some things are still going to have to be done. It's not like this trade said, okay. Vasilevsky come in, okay, Braden Point come in, let's make these big deals happen. They still have things to do. How annoying is it that Curtis McElhinney is in there? Yeah, so they might have the Curtis best McElhinney backup in the league. Still in there. Oh, oh my god. Um, the Flames did some stuff. They did. They signed good old Sam Bennett to a two-year deal, 2.5 per, and good old David Rennett's 2.7 per two years as well. Oh, I like both deals. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not complaining. I think David, the David Riddick deal is going to be interesting. I thought he could get more money, but you know. So did I, but at the same time, I don't know if I'd be like, okay, if I was a Flames fan, I don't know how willing I'd be to give him that much money. Like, I wasn't that impressed with him. I pray to God that I want the Flames. It's very weird. I don't want the Oilers to do well, but I I really want the Flames to win a playoff. Who game. wants the Oilers to do well? I don't even think their fans want Connor them to McDavid do well. Doesn't want them to do well. I don't think Connor McDavid wants them to do well. He wants to get out of there. Poor guy. They still haven't done anything either. Oh my God. Um. The, listen, the best player in the league has made the playoffs how many times? Once. Once. He's been in the league for how many years? This was his fourth, right? Fourth uh, or yes. fifth. And he's gotten better at every <laughs> He scored 100 points in three of, I think, three of those seasons. Every single year he's gotten more points than the last. This doesn't happen in any other sports. No. <laughs> this does not happen in any other sports. Um, If we want to talk about weird contracts, by the way, uh, Kevin Chattenkirk got bought out. Now, I remember... I remember I when he signed way, it. It was like 9 o'clock. And a few days before, I remember the Habs acquired Steve Ott. And I was like, that's dumb. And then a few days later, I remember the St. Louis Blues trading Kevin Shattenkirk to the Washington Capitals. And everyone was like, holy, here we go. And then he was exposed because he didn't have Alex Petrangelo to hide behind anymore. Did he, he play with Alex Petrangelo? Yeah, he was... So did can, did he play the left or the right side? He must have played the left. Okay. Because anyway, he would have played... It was either going to be him or Jay Bomeister or right. a young Colton Pareko. Even though that guy's already still young. But anyway. He still signed that big deal making 6.2 in, uh, in New York. 6.6. 6.6? Oh my god. Yeah. Um, But he got bought out. Now, here's the funny thing. His cap hit for this season will be 1.4. 
next year, but no, the year after that and the year after that. So 2021 and 2023, it will be 1.4. Yeah. But 2020 2021, it will be a cap hit of $6 million. Well, yeah. That's so weird. Um, That's just how the league works. I don't like it, but... Now, I want to go look at... The NHL needs New York Rangers to do well, though. And them buying him out and getting some cap space up, I think is good. I, I want to see what what next year is going to look like for them with that extra $6 million. I'd be curious to see. So right now it says they'd have $16 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Considering it's at 81 and a half, right? So if it goes up to 83, we're talking... Uh, eighteen million. They still well. They still have to sign Anthony D'Angelo. Chris Kreider is gonna make a lot of money. They have and Brendan Lemieux still has to be resigned for this year. Mm-hmm. Then next year they have Georgiev, Leafs killer. Um, and who else? Let's see. F- Jesper Jesper Fast, uh, Ryan Strom. Namestnikov and Chris Kreider. No, I don't think Namestnikov's gonna. I think he gets dealt at the. I think he gets dealt at the, at the deadline, and I also think him and Kreider could both. Kreider, I think Kreider gets dealt too. Depending on how they are in the standings, the Rangers aren't dumb. They've done the rebuild better than the Leafs did, in my opinion. Don't look at me like no, that. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I have so, to think about it. I don't think they're going to be stupid. I think they're going to look at this year and think there could be a Leafs situation when they face the Caps in the first round. Maybe this is a house money year for them. So. Okay, I, st- I don't know if I agree with what you said, but that's fine. That's another topic. What do you mean? I don't know if I agree they did better than the what Leafs. What do you Explain. Why are they Jacob Trubis? Well, they still have Mark Stahl. Um, for some reason, they have Brendan Smith. They some re- for some reason signed Jacob Truba to eight million. I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't think he's eight million. He wasn't signing for less. That's the problem. That's fine, but he wanted to be in New York, right? He wanted to be in New York. Yeah. Okay. If he was in Winnipeg, how much does he sign for? Uh, he doesn't. Okay, but if well, it would you be, have it, to be one year at eight, probably. So okay, one year at eight. I, I don't think he's an eight million. Dollar. Do you think he's an eight million dollar defenseman? No, seven point five is max. Yeah, that's that's him. pushing it for me. I'm th- I think s- seven is the max. To be honest. Nah, because I would give Jake Gardner seven. I don't think I. I would not give Jake Gardner seven. Why? His back isn't a problem, apparently. It's not the back isn't a problem, but if I'm looking at a defender, I'm looking at it in two in two ways. That's what the, his what? offense and his defense. No, no, no. That's not a defenseman anymore. Yes, many, it is. No, no, no. How many times have you heard, oh, this defenseman's great with the puck, but he's bad in his own zone? I hear it all the time. Exactly. But then he's not a defenseman. Yes, he is. Okay, but that's... but okay. Are you saying Eric Carlson and Brett Burns aren't defensemen? But they can get back. Yeah. Listen, listen. Jake Th- wait, wait, not Nikita wait. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's on Nikita Zaitsev, though. I'm saying, I'm saying, okay, let's look at Eric Carlson and Brett Burns, who are making big dollars. Mm-hmm. They are great offensive players, correct? Yes. 
and they are good defensive players. Did you watch the playoffs? Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. I, Eric Carlson. I'm telling you, is has ankle problems. He needs to go see a doctor. This is. Like, he did not look like he was playing on two feet. He looked like he was barely playing on one. How many defensemen in the NHL put up 50 points? I don't know. Them, their defense is having the puck in the other zone as opposed to their own. Would you rather have the puck or not have it? I'd rather have the puck. And you have the puck more when Jake Gardner's on the ice. Right, but I see it make stupid plays all the time. Well, then you put them with Shea Weber, and Shea Weber's the pylon on the back. So he's still, a, but Shea Weber, oh my, but Shea Weber, <laughs> Shea Weber puts up numbers, right? Yeah, they had like okay. the second most goals Right, so Shea Weber still puts up numbers, and how is he a bad, good, or great defensive player? He is a fantastic defensive So you're telling me these players exist? Yes, they do. So why can I not look at a defenseman and say he had, he should be, he if he's great at offense, he should still be good in defense? Listen, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying in today's NHL, a defenseman who is garbage in his own zone is very common. Right, but he has to contribute in some way. He does. And if he contributes in the offensive zone, Mm -hmm. then sure. But if he has a million turnovers, then no. Then he's obviously not that good offensively because he can't keep the puck. Just have a good goalie to stop all the. Oh my god! Now you're (laughs) so now you're coming up with excuses. I'm not. These are all excuses, sir. The team I I cheer for is Carey Price. All right, like listen. Okay, but that's not how you're supposed to. But that's not how I'm looking at it. Would turn over the pocket. There's a two on one, one the other. Right, just get a good. But not all teams have Carey Price. Well, no, that's their fault. So you're willing to you're willing to overpay Jake Gardner because you have Carey Price. Yes. It's ridiculous. No, it's not. Anyway. That's ridiculous. We were talking about the Rangers, eh? Uh, Chris Kunitz retired. The most mediocre player in the world to win four Stanley Cups and a gold medal. <sighs> Finishes his career with 619 points, 265 goals. He scored more than 20 goals. One, two, three, four, five, six times. Respectable, but he was an Olympian. Is- yep. Is Chris Kunitz a Hall of Famer? No. Yes, he is. Why? Because he has four Stanley Cups? Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist doesn't have one. Therefore, Chris Kunitz is a better player than Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, there. Mr. Two- I'm part of the 200 hockey man. What? Chris Kunitz a is not getting player. in. Grinder. <sighs> Experienced locker room leader, Chris Kunitz. Chris, I cannot imagine Chris Kunitz being a Hall, a hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I think he should be. Why? Because he's a hard-working guy. Because he played 1,000 games? He's good in the league. 1,022, Alex. 1,022 right. games. That's yes. why he should make the the Hockey Hall of Fame. How many... You see, Jeff Merrick makes a really good point that playing 1,000 games, I think, or, like, playing games should be more an accomplishment than it is. Longevity is a big deal. How many players have won four Stanley Cups, played a thousand games, and won a gold medal? 
I don't know. Exactly, but Chris Kuda Okay, does. fine. You want to talk about games played? Sure. Okay. Yes, games played is a great accomplishment. Yes. And I'm not downplaying that at all. Ron Hainsey's played a thousand games. Is Ron Hainsey going into the Hockey Hall of Fame? He only has one Stanley Cup. Is but we're I'm talking about game right games played. You're saying it's a great accomplishment. Also, yeah, it is. Yes, but I'm also saying combined with four Stanley Cups. Was he okay? But was he a factor in those four Stanley Cups? Any of the four Stanley Cups? Yes. Remember Game Seven against Pittsburgh, Ottawa. Crosby throws a muffin on net. Somehow bounces off Chris Kuhn. It's in. They don't win the Stanley Cup if Chris Kunis isn't in the way of that shot and somehow goes off of him. Doesn't have, you know, I'm just I'm just saying, Chris Kunis, you know, have some respect. So, wait, it, ba- it bounced off of him? Yeah, the goal, like, went off of him. I, re- I think Off it his stick? That's a little more respectable. Well, Craig Anderson was being screened at the time as on player. But I'm just saying, if not for him. If not for Patrick Maroon, the Boston Bruins are Stanley Cup champions right now. That might be the Dallas Stars. So you're saying Patrick Maroon's a Hall of Famer? No, because he doesn't have four cups and a gold medal. You know who does? Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I still don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Like that, that, Alex, that. I'm messing with you, man. He's not a Hall yeah, of Famer. No, Chris Kunitz is not a Hall of Famer. I will die on that hill. He is, is not Henrik a Hall Is Henrik Lundqvist a Hall of Famer? Let me go look at his What? Stats. Dude! I'm, I'm going to say yes, unless He's I can... one more than 400 games. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I just want to look at his stats. Oh, my God, no. It's just... It no. wasn't... I just want to read people his stats. He's the second best goalie of this generation. Carey Price is not... Yeah, I know. I was going to wait for you to say that. My man. He actually... He won 449. That's amazing. He has a career save percentage of 918. Is Roberto Lalongo a Hall of Famer next oh, year? Oh, God. That's a tough well, one. Not next year because there's the period, but he's the first ballot, isn't he? Third all-time in wins? The answer is yes. It's not even a question. If only if Patrick Waugh and um, <coughs> Martin Brodeur are the only guys who have more wins than you, I think you're a Hall of Famer. I know. But, right. but wait, wait, wait. You know how many times he made the playoffs? Who, Henrik Lundqvist? No, Roberto Who? Luongo. Uh, not a lot. Seven. Really? Seven. Only seven times? Seven. One with the Panthers, right? It's only once. One with the, Pan- one with the Panthers and the rest with the, the Canucks? Canucks. That's sad. I wonder, has Carey Price been in the playoffs more than Roberto Lalonde? Yes, he must have. Hold on. He Alex, must have. Alex, carry the show while I go on hockey deep. I don't know. if I, It's a tough one to put Luongo in there because he, how many times has he carried his team to the playoffs? One, hold on a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Carey Price has been in the playoffs eight times. And Carey Price is 31? He is 31, yes. Luongo is 40 and just retired. Jeez, Carey Price is 32 in a few days. August 16th. Well, happy birthday to Carey Price. I love him. Or, or happy early birthday. Best goalie in the world. But probably. Yes. Yeah, Not no, definitely. Yeah, Roberto Luongo's a Hall of Famer is all we need to say here. Oh, I don't know, man. So is Henrik Lundqvist. 
right, I so I don't know. Alex, you're obviously a Leafs fan. We've talked about this before. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Back in the day, it was William Nylander was the diamond in the rough, right? It was, I remember, it was, he's going to be that, that, that. Wait, wait, wait. The You're not going to ask me about the number change, No, right? I don't give a I, crap about I, I might, if, Okay. All right, we're not neither, even going to Neither do I. I just, I'm insulted you've even brought that up. I just want to make sure because I would have started crying. I don't know what I'm more insulted about, that there's a, James, a Jays game going on behind us or that you think that I'm going to talk about I just want to make sure you weren't bringing it up. I don't care about someone changing their number. <laughs> Neither do I. I. I didn't care when Carl Olsner took Galchenyuk's 27 when he got traded. I, I don't care about William Nylander wearing 88, all right? It's more of an insult to Patrick Kane than it is to, to Eric Lindros. Who cares? So, I want to ask you, as a leader, what was it like back then when it was you had this one guy who was had all your hope? What was it like? It's pretty dark. To be honest. But you always had that hope, right? Yeah. Like, are you are you trying to talk about Cole Caulfield? I, I, well, I am trying to talk about uh, Cole Caulfield, the American. He's good. I don't know how he, to be honest, and I I think we've talked. I don't know if we talked about this before on the podcast, but we've definitely talked about this. I, I have no idea how he dropped to, what, 15? 15. 15. I remember. Who? I didn't realize how good he was because I was so focused on seeing that Cam York was a thing. Yeah. So I remember listening to this. Philly were picked 14th and from the U.S. developmental program. I was like, no, Cam York, no. And then the Habs chose Cole Caulfield. And all of a sudden I saw his stats. I'm like, yeah, Wait, man. he has more goals than Matthews and Kessel and Kane. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then the last few days on Twitter have been nothing. But his highlight goals from the showcase for uh, the under 18s or, or under 19 world the showcase. World the world showcase, yeah. And holy cow, that guy. Oh, he's he's great. He's gonna he's most definitely gonna kill it. He's scoring. I'm looking at the teams that pick below Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. And I'm I'm confused as to why. They would not pick Cole Caulfield. I'm looking at Minnesota. I mean, that's an obvious answer. We we already we already talked about it. Even Vancouver, like okay, I, they said. I disagree with that. I'm just. Would you take Cole Caulfield or Vasily Podkolzin? Well, see, the difference is there is is I really like Jim Benning's explanation of. Oh, I I agree with it. Player that late, it's going to take two years, and obviously, yeah. for those of you who don't know, he's committed. Atari Polkosen is dedicated, sorry, under contract in the KHL for two more years. Yeah. People were saying he has top five pick of a skill set. Yeah. So, I, I, I disagree that I think Vancouver taking him at 10 was fantastic, but I do agree with you that the fact that it was even a chance for the Canucks to take um, Caulfield at 10 was, I don't know how he felt. It seems to me that Detroit messed everything up taking cider. <laughs> and then since then, it was just, it was just Even the on. Oilers. I don't think Gro, uh, Broberg was supposed to go that high either. Broberg was the... No, he was from the Oilers, right? Yeah, Swedish defenseman. From what I understand, he should have been. He's, he's a good little guy, that guy. Nice <clears throat> player. Oh, I don't know. But... 
Anyway. I don't know how he dropped. I still don't understand. He was ranked eighth, seventh on some sites. I know that. Well, I'm looking. Okay, let's let's go through the draft. Like you the top the top fifteen. Yeah, I have the order up. Okay, top it. fifteen. Uh, Jack Hughes. Obviously. Okay. Capo Caco. Great name. Kirby, Second, yeah. Uh, Kirby Doc. Yes, should have gone. Ooh, it was four. Yeah, he was. it was him and Bo and Byram going third. Then Bo and Byram. Fantastic players okay. regardless. Yeah. Uh, Alex Turcotte. Uh, yeah, should have gone there. Moritz Sider, no. Which was a just what's going on, yeah. Do you think if Detroit did not take Moritz Sider, Steve Eiserman would have taken Cole Caulfield? I don't know. I I was pretty sure they were going to take a defenseman regardless. Okay, number seven, Dylan Cousins. Uh, yeah, fair enough pick. No, but would you take Dylan Cousins or would you take Cole Caulfield? I wouldn't take anyone because they wouldn't have fallen to Montreal at 15. Okay, Philip Broberg. Uh, I don't know. I'd take Cole Caulfield, yeah. Trevor Zegris. Yeah, one thing, Cole Caulfield. Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, if you were Vancouver, would you take Vasily Podkolzin or Cole Caulfield? I would take Cole Caulfield. If I'm Vancouver in that position, yes. Why? Top, top five skill, they say, is Podkolzin. Okay. Uh, if you were Arizona, would you take Victor Soderstrom? Cole or Caulfield. Cole Caulfield, okay. Matthew Boldy from Minnesota. Cole oh, okay. Spencer Knight from Florida. Oh, that's a weird one because goalies. Uh, Florida? Well, because they got Bobrovsky, so no, Caulfield. <laughs> Spencer asterisks on that because Spencer Knight's weird. He's a goalie. Goalies are always really weird. Cameron York or Cole Caulfield. I if you're Philadelphia, Cam York, but once I realized who, Cole no, no. Caulfield if you're Philadelphia, was, do you take? Should have taken Cole, Cole Caulfield. Caulfield. Yes. Because I think the Ducks should have taken Cole Caulfield instead of Trevor Zegras. I think Detroit should have taken Cole Caulfield. Yeah. I think Buffalo should have taken Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Arizona. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. The top five I'm not touching. New Jersey, Rangers, Blackhawks, Avalanche. Oh, my God. The Avalanche had a top five pick. <laughs> they I had a top. Because he's been losing Barry in that deal. I think it's a really good thing they got Bowen Byron. Yeah. And Turka and L.A. I would not touch those five picks. No. <coughs> well, Alex, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Anything at all. Uh, William Melander changed his number, and I have nothing to say about it. Fantastic. Because apparently his number's just been assigned to him everywhere he's gone, so, I mean, if you want to wear 88, just what? don't <laughs> wear 99 and we're okay. You know what the thing was, though? Is that everyone was so pissed off that he picked 88, and how many games did Eric Lindros play in Less Toronto? Less than 30? 30, man. Remember when everyone that. got mad that, um, what was his name? The Islanders prospect? When oh, he, Josh Hosang. Yeah. Pick 66. Because he took Mario's number. Oh, my God. Like, who cares? That's ridiculous. You don't take Lemieux, all right? If it's not retired, then don't worry about it. Gretzky's makes sense because he's the best player of all time. Don't shut up if you're trying to say it's Lemieux. No, it's not. No. 
Okay, actually, I have one thing I want to bring up. Go ahead. Yessi uh, Pugliarvi. Oh, yeah. What's going on with that, Alex? My understanding is he's not playing in North America unless it's not for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. So who is going to get Yessi Pugliarvi? Uh, Montreal for Carl Olsen, one for one. <laughs> yeah, okay. As if they don't have enough contracts. What do you mean? I'm not sorry. They're not taking Carl Olsner at like no, what? No, no. What do you What do you mean? Enough contracts. Come on. They have enough what? shit to deal with. What do you mean shit? Carl Olsner's the only problem. Ben Chirot's not as bad as I previously. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying not not Montreal. I'm saying Edmonton. Oh, okay. I was about I'm, to yeah, say I'm you saying. Stay in your lane. No, I'm talking about Edmonton. I mean, they don't want to deal with Carl. How much does Carl Olsner make? I believe it's four point. Yeah, I don't think that's... They have 2.4 in projected cap space. <laughs> was Who was it? There was a quote that said from Ken Holland, I think, that said they're looking for a third-line player to for Jesse Pugliarvi. Really? Yeah. I would think that he's probably a third-liner right now. Jesse Pugliarvi? Yeah, in yeah. development. Yes. He be a top six. Oh, they're so dumb. They don't know how to do the good stuff. They don't know how to develop properly. No, they haven't for years. Who was the last homegrown talent the Oilers had? Uh, Connor McDavid. That doesn't count. He was a superstar right away. Uh, Okay, so you you don't count Leon Dreisaitl? No, because he was a top five pick. uh, Oh, you want to go that far. Okay. Not Eberle. That doesn't count. I was going to say Nugent Hopkins, but that doesn't count either. Okay. Oscar Clefbaum, 19th pick in 2011. That's fair. Eight years ago. Ah, Darnell. Oh, no. Darnell Nurse is Darnell. seventh. You still make a f- Um. Yeah, man. We're pretty much. There is no one. Cole I cannot Caulfield. give you a good player. Cole Caulfield is a hatch prospect. And I can't wait till he rips gold on the least for years. Okay. What? I didn't say anything about Montreal. Anything, I, mean, you know what? I said I didn't say anything bad about Montreal. I mean, yeah. Now you're just ripping into me. Because they're perfect. <laughs> they get the playoffs this year. I don't know. We'll see. All right, Alex. Anything else before we get to, or we get to go? No. All right. We're good. Listeners, we're happy if you came back. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. All see right. you s- soon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be pre-recording some stuff. Oh, I've yeah. got to get my wisdom teeth taken out at the end of the month, so that's going to suck. <laughs> but, I mean, there has been much going on, so it might be a bit quiet. Yeah, we'll see. But training camp's coming. Exciting. Maybe we'll talk so more excited. about Cole Caulfield. That'd be nice. Probably will. Yeah, because he's awesome. All right. Okay, I'm see. about to sneeze, Alex, so we need to end this episode. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>